0: All right, welcome back to another episode of The Point of Pittsburgh, The Pod. Uh, As always, I am Kevin Cray.
1: And I'm Steve Dimaselli.
0: And, uh, well, we're kind of here. I guess we're officially in dry January as it pertains to Pirates News, but there's still some definite stuff to talk about. Um, Let me just check Twitter, just make sure the Pirates haven't signed AJ Burnett out of retirement and no. Okay, but we still have some stuff to talk about on this show, but, um, I don't know if you realized or not, but we were so into just having an all cutch all the time episode last week that we didn't do a safe space. Um, so we skipped over me and that's, that's no problem. I'm, I'm fine with that. So that just means it's, uh, your turn to jump on the couch real quick, Steve. And, uh, as always i'm going to be paying rapt attention uh, so that you can get something off your chest that's been bothering you,
1: yeah, so um what I'd like to talk about is uh is is Kevin and Kevin not paying attention to what I say ever during these sessions. you know, every single time I'm talking to him, and every time I listen to him, I always end with you know, "I hear you, Kevin." And I do. I really genuinely do hear him. But I, seriously, I, I feel like he just checks out. You know, I feel like you just check out on me. Like, every single time. I'm, you know, talking about running down the streets of Los Angeles. It's not like I'm giving you bad material. Again, I'm talking about running down the streets in Los Angeles. I'm talking about, you know, important things as they relate to Pirates baseball. And yet, I just don't get a sniff. It's it's like, I'm, you're just going to mute me and and text your wife. It just it just seems unfair to me. I'm pouring my heart out over here, and I don't know why I just sounded Canadian, but I did just sound Canadian. Uh, but I am pouring my heart out over here, and uh, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, hang on. Just, just wait a second.
0: Um, that's really interesting, Steve. I never thought of Derek Shelton that way, um, but you gave me something to think about for sure this week, and that's, uh, I will definitely reevaluate how I feel about Shelton, Bob Nutting, um, and his views on capitalism, so I hear you.
1: I hope I gave you something to think about.
0: You really did.
1: Great. Uh, where would you like, Great. To, where'd you like to start off this week, Steve? Well, we still do have some news rolling in, so we have the uh, international signing uh weekend, essentially, which is, it, it is like a weird um situation where the amateur international players, they all literally are like signed and ready to go by the first day of the international season. But then, you know, you have really, you've got regular free agency in baseball, and it's just so incredibly slow developing. Like, you know, it takes months for top free agents to get signed, like everybody's waiting for somebody else to set the market. But here, it's like, you know, it's like they agree to terms when the kid's 14 years old through some weird <laughs> blood pact. And, like, you know, and now they're just making it official. Now they're just, like, writing the check for $800,000, which is a, a commonly, uh feels like a commonly repeated number, $750,000, 850000 uh, this year for the Pirates. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's a weird setup. I mean, do you agree with me on that? It, it is. I mean, the whole thing is, is so shady with...
0: The whole, uh, this guy is going to just kind of shepherd players along and take them to and from clinics and basically be an agent, but not be an agent. I'm like a family friend and it's, it's just incredibly shady. Uh, I think a lot of kids and their families get taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, not necessarily in the, in the Asian markets. I'm talking more about the, the Dominican, uh, sure. especially that area. Um, I guess I've always been a little lukewarm on the international prospects uh, in general. Now, obviously, you got to sign them and, and everything like that, but it's so hard to project talent at age 18 coming out of high school. Right. It's even harder to have two years less of information in a much less defined environment at age 16 for a lot of these Latin American kids. And uh, this is not a trick question. This is kind of a legitimate question. Who's the last high-end signing for the Pirates? We'll say 750,000 and above that actually
1: did anything on the international um, I I hate trying, I I, I want to say... I want to say Alan Hansen was a decent size bonus, but I don't know if he was seven hundred and fifty thousand. Oh, um, no, he definitely, you know, he wasn't that. Much. You know who was? It was the, um, uh, the dude that, um, the dude that we traded along with, um, with Liriano for salary relief. I, I'm blanking on his name completely. Harold, One of the guys with Reese. Harold, um, Harold Ramirez. Yeah, Harold Ramirez. Thank you. He was a million dollar signing. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like he hasn't done. I mean, I have to bring up stats here. Like he hasn't had a great career or anything like that. But yeah. he's been a passable major legal or leaguer for a little while here now. So like, yeah, let me, but let me have that, a look at this. Doesn't that say
0: a lot that you couldn't, couldn't remember his name and you damned him with faint praise by saying he was passable?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't, I mean, he might actually be better than just passable. Give me a second. My goodness. I'm trying to get on this. Uh, no, he was a one, he was a 1.2 war player this past season um, in 435 played appearances. I mean, like, that's, you know, more than just passable. He's not, not really good defensively. He's yeah. actually got a a fairly decent stick at this point at 27 years old but again a dude signed at 16 17 years old and 10 years later he's finally paying off with a a, a you know a, a, his first real um above replacement level season you yeah. know so um but i mean like and and obviously he's on his fourth club now too the, the rays are the ones that signed him and obviously extracted something from him, which is, you know, the Rays being the Rays. Um actually last year in Cleveland in three hundred and sixty one plate appearances he had uh an over um over seven hundred OPS as well there too. But um again just atrocious atrocious defense. Um yeah, I mean no, you're right. I mean it is a complete crapshoot. I I mean and um you know, I, I and and like you said, it's even worse than the uh, the the high school side of things because again, these guys are mostly sixteen, seventeen years old. Uh, the good news is, is the um, what might be seen by a lot of people as the uh, the premier signing by the Pirates this year is they signed a uh, Korean uh, hard throwing power arm Jun Seok Shim, um, who was rated the number ten prospect on MLB Pipeline. Uh, and uh and as a 40 prospect on FanGraphs, um you know which is generous for fan graphs they're very very uh <laughs> they're very tight with their uh <laughs> with with what they give prospects over there so i mean forty's yeah. a fine prospect um and they signed him for uh the third highest bonus actually of anybody in seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars but um but yeah I, I mean he looks like a good pitcher i mean yeah. like he's he's a really interesting player yeah all that i all that I said
0: about you know my disdain for the the bonus babies, I am moderately excited to see him uh this year. I'm guessing he'll be starting out on the golf coast uh the rookie yeah. rookie level league um you know obviously, but uh yeah, I'm moderately excited to see him uh, I just hope he can kind of break that trend
1: yeah I, and I mean I think it's I, I think it's reasonable to think that he could do something oh you know who. You know who, uh, not, not to backtrack on your other um, uh, assignment, but his his countryman, Ji-Huan Bae, was a $1.2 million signing by the Pirates. Wow!
0: Well, um, but that one sort of doesn't count.
1: Well, no, I know, because he was um, initially, his blood pact was initially with the Braves, <laughs> and it got nullified, and yeah, then, yeah. you know, and they somehow nullified the blood pact. I mean, you know, well. who knows? I mean, no, I agree with you. I mean, that did... Um, that one, you know, and obviously he still hasn't established himself, but I mean, he's looking pretty good at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that blood pact was <laughs> uh, nullified when
1: his GM was kicked out of baseball right. for life. <laughs> right. Yeah. That <laughs> was. There was a lot of carnage involved in that blood pact being. Uh, I, I think uh, that actually might have been a literal, vanquished. a literal blood pact. Uh, actually that's, that's why they had to cancel it is because it was a blood pact
0: i actually just saw that they reinstated him so uh, a lifetime ban unless you're the all-time hits leader uh means 5 yeah. years so
1: yeah we could just have a we could have a show a whole show about why the hall of fame's stupid because you know they're just arbitrarily leaving people out because of Stuff, but whatever. I mean, because that's not for today. So because, um, because Johan, because and Santana, Kenny Lofton didn't even make the first first cut. No, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's what I'm after. Oh, but that, that's, we'll, that, you know, maybe another episode of me just, or maybe that can be a safe space that you don't listen to. Is all uh, I'll I'll just bitch about the Hall of Fame in a couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe that's what I'll do. Yeah, we could. Hall of Fame voters that don't actually use their vote. So, um, so I, back to, uh, back to the topic at hand with, uh, Jones Siok. I, I hope that's how you pronounce his name. I am not that, you know, up on it. I'll, I'll just wait, you know, six years and hopefully, you know, Greg Brown will sort out the pronunciation <laughs> for me and we'll just screw it up until then. But, um... I am, uh, you know, I was very tempted to go high on him. Like, he's he's probably one of the more exciting um, pitchers that they've signed in the system in the international market since Luis Heredia. Um, I was almost ready to say that he's in my top 10. And then the low bonus actually kind of gave me some pause. I'm not going to lie. I'm really surprised that they got it done for that low. I'm like, is this guy actually not really good? Because I have seen some video of him pitch, and he's got... He's got this weird delivery where he's got like he's maximum effort in his arms and like no effort in his legs. So I'm almost like if we can find a way to even that out, there might be something to um there might be something to build on there for him or he'll just blow his arm out, one or the other. But um but I he's an interesting prospect. I don't normally put international guys on my even in my top 20, but I think he would probably fit somewhere in there. Uh, especially given the fact that he is going to start in the complex league this year, and he is a little bit older. He's like he is like signing a high school player. Like he's a high school graduate yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah, he is different. So. And I'm in
0: the same boat as you. Uh, I was pretty excited about him. I, I probably wouldn't have ranked him in the top twenty just because I'm always skeptical until guys get stateside. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the bonus, the lower bonus, because I mean. Some of the the bats in the top ten were going for three, four. I think the catcher, yeah. Salas. I think he went for five point four million. He was the number one rated, yeah, uh, international prospect. And then to see,
1: Shannon, I mean, that's somebody's entire pool.
0: Yeah, yeah. is th- so it the Padres? Am I getting that one right?
1: Yeah, I, d- I think they're in the same. Uh, the, the The Pirates had four, uh, five point four to spend. I want to say that the. Uh, I want to say that the Padres were in the same pool as us yeah. at this time around. Yeah. So, so yeah. So. Um, um, t- so as far as some other guys go, yeah, we'll tell just... Me, um, tell
0: me about some of the other guys they signed. I haven't
1: been keeping track of as okay. much. So uh, this one might be a little easier on the pronunciation, but Raymond Mola... A uh, guy out of the Dominican Republic, MLB. dot com had him ranked as a twenty six as a fifty overall prospect. But I mean, a fifty overall prospect in uh in for for MLB pipeline is like a thirty five plus at FanGraphs, you know. So yeah. they're just so there's just so much disparity. He's not actually mentioned over there, but um, he sounds like a corner outfielder type that is gonna be that's literally got all the tools. But I mean. A lot of times, then when they say that they're five tool, they've got plus tools everywhere. This guy's got pretty much, it sounds like he's looking like projecting like pretty average uh, uh, tools across the board. Um, He's already got a little bit of power, but uh, it sounds like his hit tool is going to carry him. But um, good size frame. I mean, he can develop into something a little bit more. Um, You know, the rest of these guys, I mean, I will be fully honest. Uh, A lot of my information is coming from Pirates Prospects. Um, and, uh, but I'm happy to relay some of that information. They signed a guy named Vladimir Pichardo, um, and I saw the joke made on Twitter already, like, there's only one possible position for that guy to play, and he is, in fact, a right-handed pitcher. He got the same bonus as, um... Uh, as as shim are you know and that was uh $750,000 uh, which is a little surprising i think um highest bonus in the system went to a guy named jonathan rivero who's one of the top catchers in venezuela uh lefty bat um good frame supposedly has uh Teams are high on him because supposedly he has the tools to stay at catcher. Like, he's projected to stick there. I mean, obviously, he's a long way from, from here to the majors. But um, it sounds like there's some good confidence that he's got the defensive makeup to make it work. Uh, Mola, by the way, was $600,000. Uh, second highest bonus went to a guy named uh, Carlos Mateo, um, which I, with all the other pronunciations, I feel like I was owed that one. Uh, he was eight hundred. dollars thousand he's also uh, like shim he's also a power arm um so he's uh he's he's really sort of gassing it up there already um with I mean a pretty decent advanced approach like again he's another guy that I'm like why is he signing for less than a million dollars like with sh- he and shim like it's just it's really really um uh kind of shocking you know um and then as far as the other guy that has a registered bonus at this point Point uh that I haven't talked about is uh Christian uh um from uh, Cuba. He's a uh, switch sitting outfielder and he is uh he's very young, so he's he's a 16 year old. Um it sounds like he may have he kind of joined the party late, like he was eligible late, but um from what I've read about him it sounds like his bonus is not going to actually match his ability. So he's he is actually a legitimately interesting prospect, even if he is going to be two years to be stateside, possibly.
0: You nailed his pronunciation. I mean,
1: na- no notes. Horegi. I think it's Horegi. Yeah, just, just keep trying. Right. You'll get it. Horegi. All right, we'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's it. So that's the rundown. But, I mean, a good, an interesting crop. So they, they really spread the love around Um pretty deep class i think there's some some guys that are uh, um that that uh you know uh in that 750 they got five guys in that 750,000 600,000 range so good sized bonuses but not they didn't put all their eggs in one basket which is always a good sign and i'm sure some of these other guys um as we go along we'll find out that they've gotten you know pretty sizable bonuses as well so mm-hmm. um but yeah that's it i mean let's we'll talk about these guys again in 5 years I look forward to it, yeah. So.
0: All right, so uh, next up we thought it would be a good idea to kind of do a state of the pirates here on January 18th. Uh, so let's go down the positions and let's see uh, where you have guys and where I
1: have them. You want to okay. lead us off? Yeah, sure. So with Catcher, I've got Hes- uh, Hedges – and just some miscellaneous backup. Like, this is going to be a rotating position for me throughout the uh, the season. You know, it's going to be, as we move along, it's going to just be that backup is going to be different guys, but Hedges will be the guy at first. Um, that being said, he probably, by the end of the season, will have moved into that backup catcher role, um, possibly into maybe a third catcher role. I mean, I, I don't think that's out of the question either.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say Hedges is your opening day starter. Uh, for me, I think Heinemann will be the opening day backup, uh, otherwise mm-hmm. known as keeping
1: Endy's place on the bench warm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, and Heinemann's fine. Like he had a good defensive year last year. He doesn't bring anything with the bat, but I mean, it also gives you uh it gives you a platoon split here too. Um, not that I think you want Heinemann, you know pitching or, you know, facing off against every single one of the uh, uh, left or right handed pitchers that they face. Like, you know, I mean, obviously most of the time is going to go to hedges, but um, it is nice to have a righty and a lefty to go to.
0: All right. First base. We both have Choi. Yeah. Easy one. Yeah. I don't think that's too hard. Um, Do you see Andahar getting any looks there?
1: I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean I don't think Choi's gonna face every single lefty. Um I, I think that there's a possibility that uh that Andahar is uh is is he's I, I could see him at least taking one Possibly two starts a week from Choi at mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. you know, against lefties. Yeah. I, I think it's possible. I don't think Choi's a horrible platoon split guy, but I, I mean, I, you know, obviously he's not. It, it's 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 not great either. Like, but it, it, you know, he'd look a lot better if he faced nothing but righties all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see Andahar stealing a a, a spot start, like at least one start a week against a lefty. All
0: right, so it's. Seven. Uh, we both are ready for the Rodolfo Castro era to begin. Um, mm-hmm. But this is a spot that you kind of earmarked some time for Jiwan Bay.
1: Yeah, and again, I kind of see, I know that Castro's a switch hitter, but he really, really uh, hit lefties considerably better than he hit right-handed pitching last year. Uh, and he might grow into that, and I mean, that's totally fine. But Jiwon's obviously a left-handed hitter. So um, I think that he makes sense as uh, a compliment to him at that position. Not to mention the fact that he also is going to give better better defense. So I I wouldn't be surprised if we see um, Castro bop around. Like maybe occasionally there's, um, you know, maybe some days against... um, you know, left-handed hitters. He's Or right-handed hitters, He's he's playing a different position. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, you know, that being said, I I wouldn't be surprised if, if if G1 ends up making a move and and maybe locking down that position a as, as his as the season wears on. I I'm really kind of growing on him as this off is going. I don't know what it is about him, but maybe it's me just really realizing how young he is and how successful he's been yeah. to this point. Um. You know, I, I'm. I'm. Maybe my eyes are just opening.
0: The the on base percentage has always been
1: alluring to me, especially what he mm-hmm.
0: did last year at Triple A. All right, so at third base, uh, we both have Hayes, of course. So yeah. that's going to be good for a solid 100 games, and
1: then for the other 60 games when he's hurt, uh, Andar. I hope not. <laughs> That'll probably be a catch. I, I would imagine Castro moves over there, or we see uh, we could see Jared Triolo up. I think that's a reasonable possibility if he keeps hitting like he did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's also got plus defense, so um, I, I think that that's a real possibility. But I, I think if it happens early in the season, I think Castro's your guy. Okay, shortstop. This is
0: the starter is not a surprise. Uh, it's a guy named. Let me check my notes here. O'Neal
1: Cruz. But my question is, who's the backup shortstop? I think it's, I think it's JiHuan. I think that that's probably, JiHuan and Castro can both play there. So that's why I don't mind going into the season without a, like a, a veteran backup. Like I'd almost prefer they do it this way. Um... You know, I mean, I don't think either of them are great shortstops. I mean, I think obviously, Gioan, you want to see him more at second base. I think Castro, it's either second or third for him. But I think they're both fine over there.
0: Okay. Uh, right field, you and I are both also in agreement. Uh, Jack Sawinski, your opening day right mm-hmm. fielder. Um, you have Connor Joe. Um, yep. Making the team. I I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I think I, I mean I don't think they would have I don't think they would have acquired him if they didn't see something there. I, I think that they probably see him as a good uh, complementary um, uh, piece to Joe in right field. And if you look at what Joe's done, even away from Coors Field, which hasn't been great, like he has not been great away from home, but he's very very good against left handed pitching, and he's still better than Andahar. Like Anahar's numbers are really rough. Like, I I mean, I am, I mean, I know that he, he did stuff this past season, um, which is more than he's ever done, um, in his career. Like, but even if you just look at his time with the pirates, it's, it wasn't anything special. I think he was still like a, what a 78 WRC plus hitter with the pirates. I mean, like it's not ideal for a corner outfield spot, especially for a guy that can't really play defense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm just I was just thinking just with the cut signing that someone under the age of 25 is going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm.
1: Um oh, for sure. Yeah. But I think there's room for both Andahar and Joe. I think Andahar does back up different positions. Um you know, so uh and I mean Joe can play not great, but I mean he can definitely play all three outfield spots. Like I don't I don't think we're looking forward to the day that connor joe's in center field but um you know i I think he's probably a little more passable out there so okay um
0: center field uh now this is interesting we both have reynolds
1: sure but what about the farewell tour uh, I don't think he's going to get, he hasn't really played much center field yeah. at all. Oh, I know. Like he's, he hasn't. I mean, I think he's, this is what the Pirates had to do to move Kutch off a of center is to trade him away and let somebody else be the bearer of bad news for him, you know? So he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's not a center fielder anymore, unfortunately.
0: I'm also going to say that Reynolds isn't a center fielder either. Well,
1: <laughs> that is uh this is a true fact. So
0: Now, this is where I have my man, Bay, uh, okay. maybe getting some time. Okay, I'd, I'd love to see him in center, have Reynolds in left and Cutch in right. But, obviously, uh, Reynolds is your guy on open day. Um, left field, we're both in agreement on Cutch. Mm-hmm. I don't really think much needs to be said about that. And then, no. DH, we have uh, Mr. Smooth, Carlos Santana.
1: Yeah, and I would love to find a way to get him a left-handed platoon partner. Um I just it's just not there. It's just not on the roster at this point. Um I don't think you want Calvin Mitchell taking that role on just yet. I mean, dude's been dude's raked in the minors, but he's gotta show me a little bit more at the majors before I'm gonna commit him to being the uh you know, the 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 most of the days, you know, DH. So I mean we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna see Santana against you know uh righties more often than we probably want, mm-hmm. and uh we're just gonna have to be okay with that
0: all right, so let's do a little lineup construction uh okay you want to take on the lefties the lefty pitchers sure. so go for it
1: okay, so you are going to um you're not going to like my leadoff hitter, and it's Connor Joe. And the uh, reason for that is if you look at his uh, – e- even if you look at his, his on-base percentage away from Coors Field, uh, it's still better than a lot of the players on the team at this point. Um, and it's that it's not saying much because on-base we, – we've talked to Nauseam about the Pirates on-base issues. Um, it, you know – on here, but, uh, but I like him as the leadoff. I I think he's, he's got something there. And if he can recapture some of what he did two years ago, um, you know, I I think he's going to be a pretty decent player, especially if they're guarding him and not giving him a ton of opportunities against righties, as long as everybody's healthy. Uh, Number two, Reynolds. Number three, uh, Mr. Santana. And uh, Castro has me so enamored against lefties that I've got him fourth. Kutch third, uh O'Neal Cruz sixth, uh Key Brian Hayes seventh. Uh and and honestly, I would prefer to I would definitely prefer to see Cruz um uh you know flip flop there. Like I'd rather have Hayes six and seven, but I'm just trying to break up the uh trying to break up the right handed hitters as as managers are apt to do. Uh Choi eighth and hedges ninth.
0: Okay. I mean there's Definitely some, some wild choices in there. But uh, just like I always do every week with the Steve Safe Safe Space, I respect what you're saying and um, sure, willing to listen to it. All right. So, versus righties, um, I, I'm, I'm on. I'm I'm all in on G one Bay, which pretty much means he's going to be starting the year in Triple A, uh, probably. But I I really want to see him in the leadoff spot. Uh, Just love the speed, love the on-base potential. Um, And then my second, my two-hole, I'm going with uh, his fellow countryman, Choi. Uh, Okay. Great on-base percentage, way better splits versus righties and lefties. Um, So I'm going to try to stack the lineup, get some guys on base for my number three hitter, that's Brian Reynolds. That's always been the Designated, this is your best player type of uh, spot in the lineup. At cleanup, I'm going to have O'Neill Cruz. Uh, number five, I'm going to put Good Vibes, Andrew McCutcheon. Six, I'll have Carlos Santana. Seven, Key Brian Hayes, the Pirates' uh, highest paid player. In the eight spot, I'll have Rodolfo Castro. Um, This is no slight on him, just in this scenario, I've really enamored myself with the 1 through 6. And then in number number 9, I'll take uh, Austin Event Horizon Hedges. All right. Makes good sense. If there was a 10 spot, I would put Hedges in it.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I would... If there was a designated fielder, I would put Hedges in it. Let's just let the pitchers hit. Let's let the pitchers hit. (laughs) All right, well,
0: you know, I, again, will kind of come on this pod and put it out there that I am curiously optimistic about the Pirates. Um, They spent some money in weird ways this offseason. But just kind of looking at this lineup, talking about this lineup with you, uh, I'm curious curiously optimistic to see how it plays out and I am ready for the season to start I don't know about you uh, yeah we still have a month until they even report which is rough but uh, I think this was a good exercise and we'll see how it develops maybe even a month from now when they get there so yeah that said uh, it's probably time for us to sign off uh, again I'm Kevin Cray
1: And I'm Stevie Maselli.
0: All right. We will see you next week.